0: McGrath comes in, it's on its way, it's there!
1: The miracle of grass! Going with a kick to full forward, Cloak, not quite, Blair, Collingwood back in front, the scene. he delays the give, Franklin, this is Buddy Franklin.
0: finally made it after a... I mean, to be honest, it, it points to this season. We didn't know if, if we were going to get here to, to this moment in time. But none of that matters. It's all good because taking place this weekend in Perth at the amazing-looking Optus Stadium, we get the 2021 Grand Final. And I could not be more excited. Well, I guess I could be more excited The GWS was in it. But they're not, so you know, is what it is at that point. But ladies and gentlemen... It's about time to preview the granny. Eve- and best of all, not only am I joined by you know, the man the, the, that's always here, always knows his stuff, Coach Donnie Hess, but well, I'm also joined by a very uh, familiar face. It's been a little bit since, uh, was it the last finals preview? But here we go USAFL head of media and almost everything else that you can think of media when it comes to footy, soccer, um, cricket now too, the amazing Brian Barish. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
1: Thanks, Ross. I I I I get I I get my balls mixed up, you know. So (laughs) sometimes, so.
2: Oh, I love it! Isn't this the best time of the year? And you have two two of the two of the crazy footy heads of in the United States here chatting footy. This could not get any better. Oh, uh, or it could not get any worse.
1: I guess we'll see. (laughs) A little from column A, a little from column B. Who knows?
2: depends on first perspective depends
1: on who you're asking
0: well it's either we're going to combine these 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 two colors and we're going to get something that looks great or we're just going to get brown so (laughs) as
1: opposed to brown low which is something oh (laughs) Um,
0: oh there we go there we go oh boy Oh man, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's always a pleasure. Of course, I'm your host Ross Allen, and we we got a good one, so it's not only do we get some history with Brian, we get the all-Australian team done right by Coach uh, Donnie, and uh, he says he might have ruffled some uh, feathers. That's a quote, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll see if that holds true. I am looking forward to the YouTube comments in this one as well. But we're also going to take a look at either team with between the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne Demons, take a look at how we got here, how they looking for the finals, and take a look at how they look after the prelims and heading into the most important game that most of these players were ever playing. And then also going to give you our Brownlow winners here, and also we're going to take a look at the Grand Final, of course, because not only will we tell you who's going to win the game, we're going to tell you which team is going to have the biggest fan base, and also... If this year's halftime show can top last year's. And so we got a bunch of good stuff going on. Before I hop things, just want to let you know something on the channel that I dropped on uh, Friday of last week. Of course, there's in house an MMA gym, um, uh, Undefeated Fighter, um, Jared Milton, the lean, mean MMA. He's um fantastic game movie, really great story there. And so if you haven't checked out, you guys have been blowing up already, but really appreciate that. Go on over to the slash MMA. And take a look at that today. But, let's, uh, do we have to do this again? I know it's still, it's not as cold here. The weather is getting better. And, um, was it, in Australia isn't technically getting to summer. Right? Yeah, it's going Mm -hmm. there. But, nonetheless, um, it's time for a little little story time with with Brian. So, I mean, we might need to turn the AC for this one if we're going to wear the proper gear. But throw (laughs) on the sweaters, get a nice hot cup of, I guess, sometimes tea. Uh, maybe <laughs> just Vegemite soup. I don't know what the I do oh. over there. <laughs> I would have went
1: soup?
2: that far? Yes.
1: Oh. Listen, I, I don't mind Vegemite, I'm an Vegemite soup. Oh gosh. <laughs> Listen, they sell like the, the those craft uh, singles with Vegemite already in them. Supposedly. Wait, so. wait. What well, if you put
0: the craft single, melt the craft single on the Vegemite.
1: Well, that's why they, anyway, it's like together at last, yes.
0: Veggie um, on the snack with the craft single.
1: Well, that would be good. That's called a, I think that's called a Kransky. Wait, no, it, it that Kransky is if the cheese is already inside. I'm <laughs> I just ate dinner. Why am I talking about food? <laughs> um, as, as uh, what, what Bob Ross used to say is, uh, pull, up, pull up a nice glass of lemonade or Vince Scully, pull up a chair. And, um, cool. Anyway, okay. let's do, yeah, why not? Um, let's not go off on that tangent because uh, Donnie and I <laughs> will be talking for like three hours about our fa- about Rick Generat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so um, some history, shall we? Um, some brief history about the Grand Final. Just reiterating from last year is that um, the what is now the AFL, what was the VFL, was founded in 1897. The first grand final was played the following year in 1898. That's because in 1897, there was a round-robin format with the top four teams, uh, and the, whoever had the best record at the end of the round-robin went, won the premiership, and that was Essendon. It wasn't until the next year when uh, the decision was made to expand that to include all eight teams, irrespective of how they did in the regular season. Now, real uh, quick, just to interrupt, yes. was,
0: that a, was that the last time Essendon won the final? No. No, <laughs> no, I'm just playing with those SN fans, games. but it does feel like that sometimes, doesn't it?
1: No, Ross, you're exaggerating. That is completely unfair. <laughs> they haven't won one since the William Howard Taft administration. No, no, it's been <laughs> a than that. Um, it's really really oh, funny, I'm sorry. Sorry, they're, Bombers they're, fans. You know I love they're you guys. are
2: second with the most championships all time in the VFLA history.
1: They do. They just haven't won one since you know Pussy was a kitten. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so anyway, so Melbourne. So anyway, so they did for the next three years. They had all the teams. So basically, uh, all the teams made the playoffs, made the made the finals. But um, it, it just determined uh, groups. So the teams went into into sections or groups. They would play pool. Play the winners of each pool would play off in the final. However, if the winner of that fi- of of the premiership of the minor premiership the team that finished in first was not involved in any of that they had what was called the right to challenge and this is important because in 1900 the Melbourne Fuchsias, as they were called won their very first premiership even though they finished in 6th they were in, they went into pool play in the finals they finished in a three-way tie they won the group one percentage and then Won two games in a row, including beating Fitzroy, who won the minor premiership to win their first ever title in 1900. Uh, Melbourne uh, was founded in 1858. Uh, they can trace their heritage back to the beginning of the sport with uh, Tom Wills, who is considered to be the founder and one of one of the founders of the game. Um, and uh, they are the oldest football club professional football club still in existence of any code older than american football older than association football they are the longest uh running club uh so what is that 163 years they've been around now um as we said they were uh, originally referred to as the fuchsias uh, until 1933 when their coach frank checker hughes implored his team you are playing like a lot of flowers lift your heads and play like demons and they've been known as the demons ever since they've also been known as the red legs for their red socks um this is their 18th grand final 19th grand final game they have a record of 12 5 and 1. the one draw coming in 1948 when they drew collingwood and then beat them a week later in the replay remember those um (laughs) <laughs> they, uh, they have a, a streaky team in the league's first century. Uh, they had a three-peat from 1939 to 1941, and they appeared in seven straight grand finals from 1954 to 1960. They won five of those seven. They lost in 1954 to the Bulldogs. We'll be talking about that in a moment. And they lost to Collingwood in 1958. They uh, held Collingwood to the lowest score in a grand final in a mud soaked MCG in 1960 when they held Collingwood to 14 points. They uh, last won the premiership in 1964. That was also the last time they won the minor premiership. So, Omen Watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is the longest current drought, premiership drought in league history, in league currently. Um, St Kilda in 1966 would become the longest one if the Demons win on Saturday. Uh, since then, they've made it to the grand final twice. They lost to Hawthorne in 1988, and then they lost to probably one of the best teams in league history in Essendon in, in 2000. The uh, Bombers team. We talk about the Bombers. Uh, they went 25 and one. I'm sorry, 24 and one that year uh, to win the premiership. Uh, they're uh, Probably their most famous player is Ron, Ron Barassi, uh, who played uh, 204 games with the Demons uh, in the 50s and the 60s before going to Carlton. Uh, he coached on a, a number of teams from the 70s all the way through to the 90s, uh, coached them in 111 games. He's Still alive, he's 85 years old. Considered uh, one of the great ambassadors of the of the of the game, and uh, as I said, team with a lot of history and you know a lot of you know a long premiership drought. The team they are playing, the Western Bulldogs, originally and still officially known as the Footscray Football Club. They trade, they do business as the Western Bulldogs. They were founded in 1877, uh, and uh, they had names such as the Scraggers. They were also known as uh, just simply the Scray. Uh, As many teams are known kind of, you know, Collingwood is known as the Woods, Essendon known as the Dons. Uh, They were just known as the Scray. And uh, they got their uh, nickname in 1928 When a bulldog ran on a field during the game And they became the, the bulldog <laughs> it, It's Kind of like Geelong How they became the cats When a black cat ran on the field And it was considered a, blue, a good luck charm It's interesting how you don't need a focus group To come up with some of this shit Anyway Wait, that world. was good
0: luck charm? So so in Australia The toilets flush in reverse And black cats are actually good luck Is that
1: right? That's what happened to the cats but okay. But they're not in the grand final. The Bulldogs are. Oh, uh, they uh, definitely.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that preliminary final was not great.
1: <laughs> so the the Bulldogs were the Bulldogs. Excuse me. So we said founded in eighteen seventy seven, and they joined the Victorian Football Association, which was the forerunner to uh, the VFL, which is now the AFL, and the old VFA is now the current VFL. So. Go figure. Uh, They won nine titles, including uh, in 1923 and 24. They were invited to join what is now the AFL in 1925. It wouldn't be until 1954 when they defeated uh, the uh, Melbourne Football Club in the grand final that they would win their first grand final. Their second grand final, they made it in nineteen sixty one, where they lost to Hawthorne, and then they would not make another grand final until 2016, when they defeated Sydney. Uh so three grand finals, two wins. So this is their fourth chance at their third title. Um and um their probably their most famous player is a guy by the name of Ted Whitten, who is uh, like the Don Mattingly of Aussie Rules Football. He's simply known as Mr. Football. Uh, 321 games, all with Footscray from 1951 to 1970. He coached them uh, in the 70s and in through the 80s. Uh, died uh, of, um, of uh, prostate cancer in the 90s. There's a, In 1995, there is a, uh, a celebrity and legend game held every year uh, that bears his name and the home oval of the Bulldogs, which is also the home to the western bulldogs aflw team bears his name as well uh in vu west witten oval uh so that's a little look at the two teams uh that are playing uh (coughs) on saturday a lot of history and uh kind of interesting it's almost think of almost like a super bowl where you've got like Two teams from the Eastern Division flying cross-country uh, to play in, a, in, in the largest game of the season.
0: Well, that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm sure a little more to pull from there in a, a sport that's, uh, every time, like, I know how long the AFL has been around, but every ever since I've gone to it, it's always been almost mind-boggling compared to the other sports I watch. I know the MLBs, or at least baseball in America, has been around for a while, but my main sport, NFL, um, the AFL, more than doubles its age so to me that that just blows my mind so fantastic Sethery! i didn't i mean i wish school was was this like informative and fun damn
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean to put to, also really quickly to put it in perspective the oldest nfl team is the is the cardinals and they were founded the second year that the vfl was around uh in 1898 so <laughs> that gives you kind of an idea as to like just the, the longevity of some of these teams
0: mm-hmm. it is quite the impressive feat with this one and oh boy so we go from some really fantastic australian history to the all australians and uh donnie you you, you come on i i tried to hype up at the beginning of the show you said we we're going to ruffle some feathers here so are we going to be able to follow through is, is that a promise
2: um, We'll definitely have to see because I, I think um, one of the biggest things that happened over the last week was there was the announcement of the all Australian and some of the awards have come out. And mm-hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves that I have with the all Australian is, is how many times I hear people say, we well, got to get this guy in. I'm like, no, you don't. If he's in a position that there's other guys that are better that are in the team, leave them out. Like, I don't mean to be rude. Like, some of the things, some of yeah, the guys, well, it's, it, it is rather annoying that Darcy Paris has put it at the halfback line. He never, I mean, half forward line. He never played half forward the entire season. There are no wingers on this entire team. The, the, the regular all Australian team that was announced has no wingers, meaning they've put guys that have never played that position in the all Australian team. So one of my pet peeves is, is I make an all Australian team that actually has the correct players in the correct positions. So I will very quickly, like I said, if I ruffle some feathers, let's let's see it in the comment section. What you think, why why this is why I'm wrong. I, I, I can't wait to see this. So this Donnie, is my all Australian team.
1: Let's let's face it, not to interrupt, but let's face it if you're not ruffling feathers, you're not doing you're not you're doing <laughs> you're not, something wrong, David. Come
2: exactly. On. So here we go. We will start on defense because defense wins championships in the full back line. We have Port Adelaide's ALIR ALIRE Melbourne's Stephen May and Melbourne's Jake Lever will be our fullback line. And our halfback line, I like halfbacks that can get the ball and move it upfield. So I will go with the Western Bulldogs, Caleb Daniels, Geelong's Tom Stewart, and Brisbane's Daniel Rich. At the ruck spot is Big Maxie gone from the Melbourne Demons. And the inside midfielding positions, here's where I think I, I, a few people are going to lose their minds i have gold coast tuke miller melbourne's christian petraca and ports ollie wine the wing positions see carl amon from the port adelaide football club and the adelaide crows paul seedsman At the half forward line we see toby green center half forward tom hawkins and the other half forward flanker jake stringer at the full forward line in the pockets we'll see charlie cameron and Charlie Cameron from the Brisbane Lions and Sydney's Tom Papley. And at the full forward spot, Carlton's Harry Mackay. On the bench, I picked one from each position because I feel that Fremantle's Sean Darcy deserves an all Australian nod. I think he had an incredible season. All due respect to Brody Grundy, but Sean Darcy had an incredible season. So I'm going to have him there. Defense, I know Carlton's defense has been weak this year, but I love Jacob Wiedering's game this year. I love Jacob Wiedering as my defender. On the midfield from the bench, I have Darcy Parrish. One of the best seasons that he's ever had, an incredible performance. And the forward on the bench is Melbourne's Bailey Fritch. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the All-Australian 22 from Coach Has in the correct position. <laughs> oh,
0: that's... and One thing I wish we could see is like a Harlem Globetrotters type game where we actually could put the All-Australian team in just against like Against like uh, he wants, what uh what VFL team gets to be the sacrificial lamb? Wouldn't that be fun?
2: Well, should we should we tell him about? Well, they actually there for a while. They did. What really? They would do it. What they would do is they would take the All Australian team, and they would represent Australia in the international rules series with Ireland when they played. That that All mm. Australian team would come together. Mm-hmm. They would go over and they would play the international rules series with Ireland there for a while. In fact, there was one year they actually did it an in All Indigenous team.
0: Was it even competitive? Ireland
2: well, always, always plays really well because the it's, it's basically an, um, it's a combination of Gaelic football and Australian football. Mm-hmm. They play with the Gaelic round ball, uh, the Gaelic square field, but they have uh, Aussie rules, marks, and tackles and stuff like that. So it kind of depends sometimes where it's played. Usually the Irish win because they handle the ball a little bit better because they're used to the round ball. But it, there's Australian teams that have done well in the international series. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it's a, it's it's very interesting, and I, and there's you know there's there's talks of it, it, the, the series is sometimes kind of maligned because it is very much a, a, a this one off thing. It's not really played other than it's played in the U.S. Surprisingly, because there's a lot of the the local teams here uh, will play like local uh, Gaelic clubs in in what they call international rules or compromise rules Um, they've almost had a game here in in new york uh, not too long ago um, under it was canceled under very controversial circumstances which we will not go to in a public in a public setting that is a story for (laughs) off the air Um, but i think the biggest i think the biggest thing with that as well is that you know and donnie mentioned is that um, you know, Ireland generally does pretty well. The one thing that has always been kind of a skin in the craw has been the uh, has been the physicality, mm. because um, and that's kind of the the you know you've got the skills the you know the they have the Gaelic ball and whatnot, but there's no tackling in Gaelic football. And mm. there was, in fact, they they post, they put the series on a couple of year hiatus a few years ago because the Irish claimed that the Australians were being too rough and there were a lot of fights so um that that happened as well um but um yeah it's 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 interesting when you say it's almost like having you know when you have like an all-american team in college football it's like okay but who are you going to play other than i mean (laughs) you know uh, other than the fact that you could play the team of professionals at the same time but it's it's very it's it's kind of similar to that
0: I love, hey, that's some cool stuff right there At least, uh, I mean, the NFL would never do it it, was, it would always be cool to see, like, the all-pro defense against offense But at the same time, can't work, it's not worth the risk of the injuries Or uh, probably not going to get paid enough for that game anyway So uh, there's always that you got to throw into But I love that, Donnie, fantastic selections there I love how you're able to get the Cindy, the Sidney Swans player in there in Papley 2 Although, that's not am a homer pick, that's just very well-deserved um. It, it's okay. They. Uh, I forgive you for uh, for no uh, Toby Green. I guess, but uh, you know. Hey, that's that's <laughs> 20, what it is. No
2: Toby Green. Toby that... Green's in my half forward line.
0: Oh yeah. That's... Um, I'm. <laughs> like I'm blanking. Uh, Excuse
2: me. Like strike. <laughs> I think uh, Toby Green
0: should just be uh, Toby. G- and your whole team should just be Toby Green, right?
2: If it were only that simple. No mummy. No mummy. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's my the line. Huh? Mummy's good for one thing, and that's giving away at least two or three free kicks because of his clumsy tackles. I was
0: just going to say stepping like on me. people.
1: Only NHL, true NHL fans will get this. He's the Carl Dykehouse of of uh, of the AFL. <laughs> I, I will say this, Ross. <laughs> I, I you know, it. the fact that he picked one uh, Sydney Swan is about 21 fewer Sydney Swans than I thought he was going to pick.
0: You know what? I honestly... I'll, I'll give you credit down here for the whole year you've been pretty solid so i'm not too surprised ultimately uh, i was thinking maybe at least a buddy pick there but you know what
2: i thought <laughs> buddy was there but my biggest if he made it to was, a thousand you would have had to be on there well, huh? it, it's not even that it's just more of he did miss three or four games this yeah. season and and i understand at his age and he still had a relatively good season but good. yeah if, if, if I, if I put guys in proper positions, well, he's going to either play center half forward or full forward where Harry, Mc, Harry McKay wins the, the Coleman award. Yep. So it's hard not to put him at full forward. And Tom Hawkins was second or third in the Coleman award. So, and he can play center half forward or full forward. He can play either. So I really already had two guys in those positions and I don't want to put four talls. I mean, I, I that's what I like Tommy, Tommy Papley. I think he had a really good season. Charlie Cameron's always a dangerous one. I mean, there, there there are a few Homer picks that I could have went with, mm-hmm. but I went more off of like Port Adelaide gets a lot of love in this, a lot of love in this team because they had a really good season. The Western Bulldogs got uh. a couple of guys in there. The Melbourne Demons got several guys. I, I I tended to pick the teams that were really up there towards the top most mm-hmm. of the season because well, they had some of the best performers. And then for me, I threw a bone to Tuke Miller because I think Tuke Miller is one of those. If he didn't play for Gold Coast, if he played. For Richmond, if he played so for Hawthorne, if he played if he played for Adelaide, if he played for Frio, if he played for the West Street, West Coast Eagles, he'd be there easily. He'd be a but his star. issue is he plays up at the Gold Coast, and not too many people want to watch the Gold Coast, and he was incredible this season. I can't not give him a tip. I mean, everybody was like, where's Clayton Oliver? Mm-hmm. Well, Clayton Oliver's great, but Clayton Oliver's one of those kind of like Tommy Mitchell. He gets a lot of disposals, but he doesn't always make the scoreboard impact that, say, a Petraca makes mm-hmm. or an Ollie Wines makes or a Tuke Miller. Tuke Miller made a lot of score involvements with Gold Coast this season. So that's kind of how I kind of based that out. And Darcy Parrish we're just had kind an of- incredible season yes. with a combination yeah. of everything so that's mm-hmm. why my four mid my my four mids that's how I pick that and that's what I argue everybody's like you got to get Pelly. you got to get Sam Walsh you got to get these guys well it's like I'd love to but their position is filled with guys I've already got in there and I'm not gonna kick out a Carl Amon or a Paul Seisman who play wing, genuine wing mm-hmm. and kick them out for a guy that never plays there so I mean should probably play wing but he does he plays mostly mid so
1: mm-hmm. i think that's the thing is that donnie's expecting it to be almost like like when we talk about uh you know when we think of an all-star game or something like that you expect it to be to, to be those actual positions and that's that's the thing is that it's not it's not who are the best position players in each position it's who are the best players and i and i'm with mm-hmm. you i think that's i think it's kind of silly um you know um i under i understand that um sometimes positions can be fluid in footy and and there are guys who honestly like and and we're seeing more and more as 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 rosters become bigger is that there are players that are becoming more specialized but back in the day i mean and especially like even when i think about and Donnie, you you play as well as i do Everybody is a utility, you know, and, and if you think mm-hmm. about it, like you need to be able to play, you need to be able to play just about anywhere on the field. Yeah, you might be more comfortable. You might be better suited playing up front. But if you're in a situation where, uh, you know, where teams make adjustments and let's say they stick more tall, tall players up up front, say, then if you're a tall player and, you know, you're used to playing. Uh, on balling or whatever, you might end up having to man on somebody and uh, playing playing strictly defensively. So um, I think that's sort of what the maybe I would I would guess and say that that's probably where it comes from is the idea that anyone, if you plop them on the field, can play any position, irrespective of whether or not they have played those positions during the season. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but it does make in some ways yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense but mm-hmm. uh, you are righting the wrongs, my friend
0: hey Donnie you're doing great work there if only we could get you on the actual uh, uh, AFL media there in Australia so you could uh, go ahead and change things from the ground level also speaking speak and- of Tuke Miller and, uh, and Gold Coast one of the things I'm looking forward to get out I'm going to put out my charts I'm going to put out, uh, uh, my charts uh, I might do a line chart, but uh, of course, um, Brian, I don't know if you got this, but every round, uh, I know I have missed a couple here and there uh, admittedly. but every round they give a, a, fi- uh, a fan count uh, for Gold Coast, uh, and so uh, <laughs> it probably ranged between 15, and I think it might have capped off at 35, so I'm looking forward to getting that chart out there, seeing it <laughs> track out through the season, match up with uh, who, which teams they played there, but uh, let's get... What do you say, gentlemen? Time for the meat and potatoes. It's time to actually get into the, the grand final stuff here. And, of course, the
1: as well. How are you feeling? Um, this is going to be a – I think this is going to be a very fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a <clears> – <throat> excuse me. It's going to be a pretty packed house at at, uh, at Optus Stadium. Uh, two teams with – you know, we just talked about the history, but mm-hmm. two teams with pretty solid fan bases. And I know – this is the sort of game where you know if it was being played at the mcg that there would be more than a hundred thousand people there yeah. but but you know what and 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 you're not going to you're only going to see i think a lot of this if you if you trawl through social media um really like especially you know melbourne melbourne represents the heart of the city they play their games at the melbourne cricket ground that is their traditional home um but there's a lot of people just kind of spread out through the region Whereas Western Bulldogs, you know, they they represent the West, a lot of the Western suburbs. But Footscray, um, just to see them, that that town, that suburb of Melbourne, once again have their team uh, be in this in this game of games. It doesn't matter to them that the game is so far away, and, and even Melbourne, the fact that this is their first Grand Final, there's still a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement, and and considering everything that's happening in Melbourne right now, they're still under, they're under another lockdown. Mm -hmm. Um, There, there, there's a lot of anticipation of this. And I think that uh, you've got a team that, that has played that, you know, hasn't won a minor premiership since, since the last time they won a premiership, which is, you know, 57 years. And uh, a team that, uh, you know, always has come one game short. Uh, So there's going to be a lot of really good stories here. And and, uh, that's what and and it's in a in a place that has never hosted a grand final, but Mm who loves this sport as much as they do in Melbourne and uh, is going to have a lot of color and a lot of pageantry. I'm mad that uh, this, you know, I don't think it was a great atmosphere in Brisbane last year. I think a lot of it was because of the reduced crowd. Mm -hmm. I'm worried that a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, we need to make it a a night grand final because uh, you know, there's the spectacle and we're going to talk about that, but I think it'll. I, I'm looking forward to what should be a fantastic game, and hopefully, it's better than the preliminary finals were. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we had the good streak going. that
0: I did over on our on our Twitch, where of course you could watch the games, and also at least of uh, the grand final with us here the coming. Um, you can live stream with us, watch long over on twitch.tv forward slash fourth and long radio. But uh, our first two games they were both one point contests. Of course, we had the trilogy of the Sydney Derby. And then we had um, Brisbane and the Doggies and so that came down to one. Uh, and then we go in we we watch a little uh, watch a little uh, you know preliminary finals action. <laughs> it was not a one point game, but that's a fantastic way to introduce these couple teams. First team we want to take a look into first here is the Western Bulldogs. Of course, there were a lot of questions surrounding this team heading into finals because they finished regular season 0 in three. And they were uh, they were easily the, the team that was on the um, lo- had the lowest momentum going to the finals, um, but obviously their their list they have a crap ton of talent everywhere, and it's shown. I, I thought that they're still one of the scariest teams in the comp here, and they go out and look look what they did. They've come stormy back. They look they look fantastic against Essendon. They and like I said the out Brisbane by 1 in a really well played contest there and then stomped out Port Adelaide in the preliminary finals they beat them by 71 a damn good team. They beat by 71. And they got the Melbourne Demons. On the other hand, and of course, uh, as Brian's put pointed out, they were uh, minor premierships for the first time in a long time. Last time that they won the premiership, there as well. So they were able to do that with a fantastic after the Siren goal by the captain. Oh man, that's still one of the best endings of any game this season. Then they go ahead. And they uh, they just handle business because I mean, late in the season, in the regular season, I I partook in the in these uh, comments here where. I was unsure about the Melbourne demons because their defense, the thing that they've been riding hot on and relying on, wasn't looking as great, and then their offense wasn't there to pick them up. But uh, they kind of silenced all of that because they beat the brakes off of both teams they play in the finals. They beat Brisbane and Geelong by an average of 58 points. So, they look fantastic. They have had the best defense in the comp all season long, has been close, and now their offense is looking amazing. Coming into the grand final, and both these teams, as we can walk right the back, they did meet earlier in the season around 11. Melbourne won that by 28. So, how are you guys feeling about either team here? Donnie, would you like to start us off with a, what do you think about the Doggies?
2: This should be a very, very entertaining game because it, it's going to come down to what wins you champion. It's what in your head wins you championships. Is it really good defense with a good enough offense to get by? Or a run and gun, heavily offensive team that's just enough, good enough defensively to win you a game. It depends on what kind of streak you want to go, you want, what you want to look at. For me, it, the biggest question I run into is will the travel on the Western Bulldogs affect them, considering they've been in five states this entire final series? They've had to do the most travel, where the Melbourne Demons have been sitting comfortably in Western Australia for almost three weeks now. So th- th- there is that little change. But the nugget on the opposite side is is that the Melbourne demons have only played one game in the span of a month's time period so it's going to be very interesting to see how these two handle it um the doggies come in and both teams seem to be relatively 100 healthy so i think we aren't going to have to worry about the selection issues like we've had some years back where somebody's under an injury cloud and we're not sure and you might get all the way up to almost the coin toss before you find out if somebody's playing or not so th- this is going to be a cracking game I agree I think this could be just as good the fact that the two teams split the series this year Melbourne winning the first and the Western Bulldogs winning the second I think this is going to be an absolutely cracking game but if this if the preliminary final is any indicator I think the Melbourne Demons are going to have the base of the fan support And I just like the D's defense a little bit more than I like the Dougie's offense. I think the the Demons are going to win this one, but it is going to be an incredible final. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be an early morning, but it's going to be fun.
0: (laughs) It's definitely going to be early morning. That's for damn sure. Uh, I did enjoy my, my ability this Saturday since there was no games, no stream. It's nice to be able to sleep through the night, and not have to wake myself up at three. So, <laughs> oh, the struggles of being American trying to watch this uh, sport that's halfway across the world.
1: This is what happens, though, when you have a small human like I do, and that is sleep is an abstract concept. <laughs> you know, you want to, you're like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just sleep through the night, and then you hear a cry at six o'clock in the morning, and be like, well, one of us needs to sleep in, and I guess it's going to be none of us. Um, <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say about. Here, here's what I'll say about, about, uh, about the doggies. Um, here's tell, stop me. If you, if you've heard this one, you know, oh, the Bulldogs finished in fifth this year. Um, they are, you know, every, everyone is kind of like, Oh, they've come from an elimination final on through to the grand final, but let's remember they are a division. They are a top four caliber team mm-hmm. that just had a terrible stretch Mm-hmm. Uh, down down the stretch. And I think a lot of people may have written them off because they were like, well, they won't have the double chance. They're going to be tired by the time they reach the grand final. Um, well, let's remember 2016 for a moment, shall we? Um, they finished their season, round 23, in Domain Stadium, what is now, well, what was Subiaco Oval. They had to play Fremantle at the end of the season. If I remember correctly, and I'm sure there is a Bulldogs fan out there or anybody who is smarter than me will, might correct me, I think they went home between the time that that game ended and the fact, and their uh, elimination final game against the Eagles that they won in the first round. Then they came home uh, for their semifinal win against Hawthorne, where, again, they were not favored. And went to, then had to go to Sydney to defeat GWS in that probably one of the best prelim finals and maybe one of the best finals games in the last decade, and then come back to the MCG. Now, it's probably not the same as what they've gone through under very atrocious circumstances, because at least they had gone home a couple of times in this. They haven't been back home in some time. As Donnie said, they've traveled really from coast to coast slowly as the country has been closing in on them but the eastern the eastern part of the country has been closing in on them so i wouldn't write them off completely that being said this is a much different situation i think the fact that they went into adelaide oval and beat a, a, a port adelaide team that i think everybody kind of expected their, them to be like this is the year they're at least going to make the final they're not mm-hmm. going to be snake bit like they did they laid an absolute egg, uh, just as the yeah. cats did. But I don't think anyone expected the Bulldogs to jump on the power like they did. Um, you know, Luke Beveridge Bevo's one of the. You know, he's a he's a class coach. He's been to the this this peak of the mountain before. He's 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 seen the view. I mean, he, I, I think the demons win, uh, but I I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I, I'm with I'm with uh Donnie. I, I I trust the defense uh of the of the de- of the demons a little bit more. Um mm-hmm. but but there's just too many competitors on this team, especially when you've got Bailey Smith, Bontempelli, all these other guys. Um so so I wouldn't write them off completely and considering where they've come from and, and the fact that they've taken a similar journey to to win in the past.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Man, I agree. Like this the 2016 is a tough game grand to grand final run. In my sorry. The, but the yeah. two thousand sixteen grand final one, was it, there's it's like a carbon copy. It's kind of scary. Mm. Like like I've seen it from several people that it's two thousand sixteen, they start in the seventh seed and they run their way through it. And it's kind of the same thing with this year too. It's 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 very almost eerie how similar the sixteen run to the to the flag was in this one. So it'll be fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, this, like I was saying, this game is really hard to tip in my opinion because there's really battle points for either side of the footy that you can make. Yes, I love the Demons' defense more. They've been way more consistent all year. Their offenses look fantastic in the last couple games, but um, it has been there at least late in the season that, that Doggy's offense is, is a little more consistent, I would say. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit more... Um, the, their ability to, to strike, I think, is there more. I think I'm a little more worried about when the come. If this was a game of momentum swings, I'd be a little bit more worried about the doggies. And this is also one of the things where I'm kind of, you know, we, we always have this. Problem. You put some great polls up there on the USAFL um, uh, Twitter page, of course, you, at US USAFL1997, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's the one there. And you do like the, 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 heart, the head and the heart pulls right here. The head and the heart tips. Yeah. My head, yeah, yeah. My head is easily saying the demons, but my heart is right there with with the Western Bulldogs. I might just have to go with that one. I think I'll tip the doggies here, and it's just going to be a phenomenal game. Much to my chagrin, because I don't want to, uh, purely for for jealousy reasons, I don't want to see Jalen's team win the grand final before my team does.
1: Okay. <laughs> Yeah. You, might, you might have to wait a while, mate. <laughs> I'm fully prepared for
0: that. And by a while, you mean until 2022, right? Yeah, let's go Giants.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen, this is coming from a Philly sports fan. I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it is, it is going to be a very difficult game. And, and you know what? It's, it's, it's really hard because, you know, you, the Bulldogs for many years had been those kind of lovable losers in a sense. And, and considering, I mean, you know, it was them and St. Kilda at least you know and and uh you know st kilda had made it to several premierships but of course they had that long history especially at the very beginning where they were just not very good um you know and the bulldogs had that where they were always like they had strong teams but they just like flopped in the championship they were they were like the cleveland browns uh you know they were just like they would just flop in the in that one game before they got to the big one Mm -hmm. and then they finally made and then they finally made it and you know, every, every you know they're they're going up against the minor premiers that year, and everyone's like, oh well, you know, we're just here, we just won a close game, and and I don't think anybody expected that it to go the way that they did. So, I, you know, I I really really I, I think this is good. The matchup here is incredibly fascinating, and and I think it transcends. You know, it's two Victorian teams, but even with the game in Perth, I think it really transcends. Mm. Um, uh, this and and, and just uh, um, uh, one of my friends from uh, from the community, uh, Melanie Ray, who's a Dockers fan who's based in in Frio, saw the the, the, uh, the, the picture that you put up uh, previewing this, the, the barish's back. <laughs> and she said, seeing your face next to, my stadium in my city makes it feel real like oh my god we're gonna have a grand final here so so you've touched somebody on the other side of the world already in that little extra way um, which is which is fantastic
0: hey uh it's one of my big goals here if, if i could uh as you reach out to people halfway across the world uh that makes me feel good. So Brian, thank you. Oh, thanks for propping me up here. Okay, that's that's very nice.
2: It <laughs> was in the pick me up of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, I don't want to hear that. Maybe I wouldn't go that far. But hey, and also uh, so of course we got that going. One thing we will drop. So uh, two more things that we want to predict here. Okay, um, first uh, I mean one of the, the last thing we're going to do here, of course, is the brown look because that's a huge thing as well. Is the grand final. But also, focusing still in the, in, in the grand final here, are we going to see a better halftime performance this uh, this year um, taking place in the fantastic Optus Stadium?
1: Uh, I'm going to say it, it's going to be, it, I think the spectacle is going to be greater. And, and you know, uh, there's going to be more people at this game than there were last year. I think the you know it'll be good for tv and you're gonna see all of the um you're gonna see all of the people who uh you know for for channel seven especially bleed on about how great it is and you know matt thompson i'm gonna call him out (laughs) um you know i I have nothing personal against him but i look at the man and i think to myself you know he just he just looks very cartoonish uh but (laughs) but he has these opinions about like he was like of course, this was the same guy who they ran the the grand final sprint is usually at halftime. And I'm a believer in tradition. I, I don't – this isn't the Super Bowl. They shouldn't have a, 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 a halftime show. They should have the grand final sprint at halftime, do Oz kick, do whatever. They ran it during the first quarter last year, and about midway through the second quarter, he tweets, who's going to win the grand final sprint this year?
0: Mm. Yeah, and, I remember that
1: and everybody was like i think it's going to be this guy who 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 won um i think it is i think birds of tokyo i think is the name of the is the band that that that's that's doing this i I you know the the so much is is usually put up in the lead up the pregame is where is where it's at I like that because it is a great lead in to the like to me once the ball once the teams are on the field and the ball bounces it's all about the teams and it's all about mm-hmm. the game and and I feel that way about the Super Bowl too I I mm-hmm. you know I mean Paul McCartney was on one year the year that the Eagles were in uh, you know in 2005 and that was really cool uh you know uh, but but uh, I I didn't even heard it listen I I. Don't I don't mean to sound like an old man but i don't I haven't heard a half of this these, these people the week when when they when they said the week they were going to show the weekend at halftime i was excited because that's my favorite episode of bluey you know oh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: because if those
1: gray be- hairs in your beard couldn't age you enough here brian <laughs> i did just turn 40 so you know i i'm i'm, I'm getting i'm getting <laughs> i'm getting pretty pretty but 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 to me i mean i mean it should be a great spectacle no matter mm-hmm. no matter what though no. I'm looking forward to the light show.
0: I, I always like. I love those Optus games where they, they <laughs> um, where they do the light show is between the third and fourth term. I'm always a mm-hmm. huge fan. Of the the with the the Montley crew, I got my first uh, kind of look at that because I was able to catch too many live games last year. My First year being a fan, caught that. Oh, was that Collingwood and West Coast? Right, right. Was it was that the Grand Final game?
1: that was two years ago. Two years ago. I was 18 ah oh, who was in 20? That was, oh, was uh, 20 was oh you're 20 talking 20 about and Richmond. yeah yeah and Richmond. John
0: and no Richmond. no sorry excuse, I'm talking about like uh, it was the first round it was my first game watching something at Optus I think it was West Coast in, in Collingwood Eh, eh. Nevertheless,
2: I think, I think so because yeah. I think so because that was the first time you got to see Mason Cox. Mason, Mason Cox, Cox was, kicked three Mason goals in the first to piss off everyone. Like, oh, so god bless you, later, Mason. it was like it was a really good first quarter, and then the second, third quarter. I mean, he he made impact, but he didn't make the impact. I always say he got three goals. Um, but I'm, but I'm, kind of I'm looking wrong. forward
0: to this though. Like the the spectacle of Optus, it's such a beautiful stadium, and so I'm sure they're going to try to pull off something spectacular in their first um grand final there and also if everything gets back to normal there in australia the, the last one for another 50 years <laughs> 51
2: one. Uh, will have to see I, i'm, I'm kind of like brian a little bit i'm one of those i'm not a big halftime show person i'm i really am more, that's, more that's there when it gets it
0: during, during the Super Bowl, well, at least. And-
2: I'm I'm one of those. The Super Bowl halftime performance. Everybody's like, who's gonna be it? And I'm like, well, that's gonna be when I change the channel. I'm (laughs) I'm not a big musical. Like I'm one of those. Give me 20 minutes. Let the coaches make their adjustment. Let's play football. Yep. I don't want to be there another two hours. Uh Exactly. I don't want to be there another two hours because they have to (laughs) roll a stage on and get all the dancers on, perform, and then get them all off again. It's for me. It's it's tedious. I mean. They do it, and I think one of the other reasons why the game is being played the way it is is so that they can get the the concert, the halftime concert at, at dusk and, and evening to where it's under the lights. So I think that's kind of that. But for me, like, I think it should be a little bit of a better spectacle because, A, is going to be a full house. It's going to be in an absolutely gorgeous Optus stadium, which I think is going to be absolutely fantastic for it. And I'm actually starting to even hear Melbourne um, – Uh, Melbourne sports writers say that they think that they should find a way to negotiate the contract where every four years, almost like the Olympics that the grand final moves to one of the other States that has like up to Sydney, up to Brisbane, over to Adelaide and up West coast every four years. So then it's not always at the MCG every year. That's, crazy to me to think that there's actually Victorian media that are actually saying that now, which maybe, just maybe, we're maybe starting to see that budge a little bit, but unfortunately, the MC, the MCC and the members there are probably not going to want to lose any more grand finals, but it, it's kind of nice to see the grand final in a different location this year.
1: You know you know what's funny is is for many years, I was in that camp where, you know, they, they need to rotate it, and I think what we're seeing here is is I think... One of the things that we're seeing is, yeah, we're seeing these new experiences, but watching the grand final last year, and again, the this crowd size was affected directly by COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in a normal year, the grand final isn't at the GABA, but <clears throat> if there was no COVID, maybe we do see fifty thousand people there. Maybe it is a little bit better of a of a of a of a spectacle. Um, than than what we got because i i felt that it was no no more special than watching um uh you know around 17 at the at the gaba on a, mm. on a friday night or, a, or, or or a or a thursday night um and maybe that just was kind of it just didn't feel i mean the season felt completely different i was sitting in my living room watching it and not in a bar in south philly watching it with mm. with with a hundred of my closest friends and you know, friends who I haven't made yet. Um, the, the, it's, it's to me, the, there is something very special about having that grand final in bright sunshine. Um, you know, I'm a big NFL films guy and Love there it. is something different about watching some of those early Super Bowls. Watch like Super Bowl seven. It just, just as an example, game was played in Los Angeles with like a with like a twelve thirty kickoff, twelve thirty on a Sunday afternoon. Brilliant, bright Southern California sunshine. Everything about the field and the fans, even on like grainy seventies film, popped. the mm-hmm. the 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 colors of the of the, the the jerseys, the 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 aqua of the of the Dolphins, the yellows of the Washington football team. Uh, the you know everything about about that just seemed a lot different. And then you watched some of the games, even a couple of years later, when they first had it in the Superdome, uh, and it's definitely a lot muted. You watch, you look at maybe like a year afterwards when they finally had an uh, the game where it was uh, uh, more towards night. Uh, I think it was um, was it the the, um, the the Steelers and the Cowboys in 1979 it kind of loses something in the translation. And yeah, when you're there, it probably looks fantastic and spectacular and wonderful, and there might be something different. It -hmm. just doesn't translate on TV, I don't think. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing, is that, yeah, it creates an atmosphere if you're there and you're the players, but let's face it, a small percentage of the people watching the game are physically in the stadium. So I... As much as I would love to see it go around, there is something to be said about the tradition of a two thirty start at the MCG every year. And non Victorians aren't going to like it, and I and I I empathize with that. But they've now gotten two chances outside of lost outside of Victoria to see this. It's kind of you know I I, I felt that way for many years about the International Cup. Um, I was like, oh well, let's go to let's you know they moved it, and of course they haven't confirmed that it's going to be in the sunshine coast in two years, but it's supposed to be back there. That's where it was originally supposed to be last year. And I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, there there's, there's footy clubs around there. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. rugby country mostly and, and, and it is going to have I think a lot clearer air because it's going to be the biggest Aussie rules event, but you're not going to be as immersed in the game as you are in Melbourne and that's the and that's the difference i mean so so as as much of an anti-victorian vic bias whatever guy that i have been i've slowly been coming around to the idea that the game belo- that, the, that the grand final belongs at the mcg i do like mm-hmm. the idea of course i don't know how some of these other states are going to like the idea of maybe only hosting a grand final once every two decades but it, it is it, it is <clears throat> it is what it is i guess you know i guess maybe from an outsider
0: point of view and especially since i haven't seen a sold-out crowd for the grand final at the mcg i'm i can't wait to see that happen again so so i can finally get my first taste of seeing that many damn people in the biggest game of them all so that that excites me for the future
1: and just to give you at
2: least live
1: yeah Yeah. and, and just just to give you an idea ross i guess of the sheer size of that stadium the 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 first game I went to at the MCG in 2017 was Carlton and Essendon. Mm-hmm. The stadium was half empty, but there were 52,000 people there. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I looked around and I was yeah. like, "Oh, the crowd's not all that great." And then I saw there were 52,000 people there and I was like, "I mean, it would have filled <laughs> it would have filled Marvel Stadium. It would mm-hmm. have filled um Hell, it would have it would have mostly filled the Link here in Philly or some of these other state it would have would have filled all of the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yet, you know, here in this cavernous toilet bowl almost or cereal bowl of a stadium, no, the, the vet was a toilet bowl. The MCG is a cereal bowl. Let's get that straight. Um, <laughs> this giant, like, coliseum is only, only half full. It, it, the, it, there is something about that. And I think unless, I mean, the only other stadium that, that size that unfortunately they've, they've committed to not hosting AFL games anymore is ANZ Stadium, the Olympic Stadium in Sydney. Um, mm. And that's the only one that could sit, I think, 80,000 people, but the stadium is very, very narrow. And, you know, Donnie, as a Swans fan, has seen mm. probably way too many games at ANZ Stadium. Now, that was where yeah. the USA beat South Africa in 2011, but that's besides the mm. point.
2: No, I mean, the easiest way to say it with the MCG is, is imagine, like, I, I think we're both – we're all college football fans here a little bit. It's like take Michigan Stadium, cut it in half, and take the other half of Michigan Stadium and put it up on stilts up higher. I mean, that's what, literally what the MCG is. I mean, it's 50,000 low and then another 50,000 high. So that's why it it's just an incredible vision to see 100,000 people – all in this one area in this massive ground, but it's basically this cathedral, this, um, coliseum, basically a lot. Like the one in Rome, mm-hmm. so it, it's a fantastic view. And I mean, and, 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 I know Brian and I have seen grand finals with 99, a hundred thousand people watching it live. And it's it, the noise is incredible. Like when Richmond won it in 2000, in 2017, there was like 98,000 people, and the ball chanced when the tackles were going, It would, it's an incredible, incredible sound, let alone sight. And the crazy part is we're on the TV. We're not even there. And it's incredible just to hear it. So I can only imagine the people that got, that, that had the pleasure of being in the stadium mm-hmm. as that happened.
1: So. Even, even so. more so, Donnie was think about 80,000 people shouting, or 90,000 people all shouting, Yellow and br- yellow and black at the same uh-huh. time, not only in the lead up to the game, but also after. You, but but af- after they won, when they had won the premiership, the the noise that can that can generate from that stadium, even just watching some of the Anzac Day games, mm. um, just just there's there's nothing like it any any anywhere in the sports world. Mm-hmm. Certainly, something that's high
0: up there on the bucket list, if not a grand final, at least a game at the MCG has to be. I talked to one of my buddies, um, in my old apartment I used to, to uh, live at. He's uh, from Perth, and he was talking about what it might be like trying to get tickets off this. And he said, uh, uh, "Good luck."
1: <laughs> yeah, there's 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 some there's there's a lot of stuff going on. In fact, one of my one of my followers on my Twitter actually, unfortunately, um, may have gotten scammed out of like something like three hundred dollars. Uh, get trying to get a trying to get a ticket and uh, was 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 understandably not not happy but um uh, unfortunately i mean this is this may very well be a once in a lifetime opportunity uh, mm, yeah. for 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 a lot of people and and there's going to be people who are uh, unfortunately there are going to be people who are unscrupulous uh, and are going to try and take advantage of other people and there are people mm-hmm. who are going to sell their tickets legitimately and still be unscrupulous um, this is the world we live in unfortunately so um it it, it, it sucks
2: and, and, I, and I actually heard this this is how crazy it was and, and I think there, there was some questions by a lot of people was, will the Western Australians because Frio and West Coast aren't there will they go and what was it they had 10,900 general admission like last tickets that were left like the last tickets left they sold in nine minutes the, <laughs> the, the queue just to buy tickets was over 100,000 For these 10,000 seats, a little over 10, almost just short of 11,000 seats, there was a 100,000-person queue just to get tickets. So it it is being embraced. There's tons of people going to go. It sounds like all of the events that are going to be over there are going to have a ton (laughs) of people. So I'm I'm super excited for it because it's going to look marvelous. The noise is going to be there. It's going to be just like the final. Yes, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the MCG ninety thousand, but sixty thousand off the Stadium. I think it's still going to be a, a spectacular, spectacular game. I cannot wait for it. I know it's three a four a.m. in the morning here, or or five a.m. for Brian, or three for you, Ross. But yeah, we're going to be. It's gonna be multiple worth...
0: time zones. It's great. <laughs> That's it's one of the fun things about it. trying to get shows together like this. You got. You got it. one time zone, you gotta to go to the next one, you gotta to go to the next one. <laughs> Kinda of spread out here.
1: I, I, I have you beat. Um we yeah. did um we, we did our virtual national show last year where we did for about, about two hours of, of it was all we recorded interviews and we recorded, mm-hmm. we had um, like Brad Johnson also used to play for the Western Bulldogs, Nick Del Santo of the Saints. We had Dermy Brereton, but we also, I was in charge of putting together, we had a women's panel mm. and it was, um, we had Abby Holmes uh, who uh, former Adelaide Crow and uh, sideline reporter now for channel seven. Um, sarah perkins who now plays for gold coast uh danny marshall american who uh formerly of the bulldogs uh playing for possibly a team tbd mm. um uh we had jess wuchner uh for the brisbane lions and uh who else did i have i think i had uh it, it may have just been the three it may have just been perco and I think that was, um I think that was a... yeah it was it was the three of them Wushai had done separately but um one of them was in, they were, <coughs> excuse me, they were all in different time zones. I think Perko was up in the Gold Coast, which is, which is an hour ahead of Melbourne, which is where Danny was. And then you had um, Abby, who was in Adelaide, which was a half hour behind Melbourne. And then you had me in the eastern time zone of the U.S. who was trying to set up a Zoom meeting and an account that was based in the central time zone. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that sounds
0: ridiculous.
1: So I literally, I almost, I, I, at one point, and I erased it because I was like, this is the only time I need to do this. I ended up doing a, an excel spreadsheet so that i could say okay if i'm having it if i'm ending at this time this is what i have to set up time and this is what i have to tell the other three women it <laughs> it, it, it it's ins- it was it was almost like herding cats <laughs> <laughs> and i have three of them i've herded them before <laughs> <laughs> oh the,
0: it's it's like well i'm trying to do it like convert to australian time or like when I was to me in Japan I was I had to like convert because talk to my parents of what time do I do that, gotta get that done and and then that half hour time zone difference in Australia? I don't I don't know which which zone that is, but
1: Adelaide. That's Adelaide, yeah. Adelaide. Yeah. You assholes, why do you decide different. why'd you
0: do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Who does thirty minutes? <laughs>
1: well, there's I, there's one, and this is tangential, but I think um, where the Taj Mahal is, there's parts of India that are like forty-five minutes. It's like oh. like fifteen minutes ahead of, or an hour, fifteen minutes of like their surrounding ones. <laughs> it's it's so weird how the how the times are work. It's Newfoundland. Newfoundland is a half hour ahead of of Nova Scotia, which is an hour ahead of New York. Um, mm-hmm. Now, see, listen to all these things that you're learning on the show. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put this under the educational tags this week.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and by oh. our radio eat your heart out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, this is so good! But before we wrap, of course, let's hear our brownlow predictions. Brian, start us off here. Who is going to win the brownlow this year? or who, at um, least in your opinion, should win the Brown-Low and why.
2: Hey Ross, hey uh, Ross, I, Ross. I think it's going it, to be it, Ollie Wines. Yeah, already <laughs> happened. Yep, I
0: know. Yeah, I was going out. I was, I was trying to play the whole um, the whole uh, story with the first quarter uh, sprint.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I just didn't execute it well.
0: It comes out when jokes come down to execution.
1: Uh, <laughs> My that went, was not there that Donnie Don, that that was like Don, Donnie was like trying to keep <laughs> you honest it's no okay. that's that's funny no it's, it's okay yeah listen I'll, Ollie is one of the reasons why um uh Ali's one of the reasons why the power have gone as far as they have the last couple of years mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's a really dangerous midfielder and and uh part of that you know th- that nice mix that they have of, of young players and and, and vets and you know, it's, it's, it seems as, you know, a lot of people were, were, were predicting it. What's interesting to me, and I haven't, I, I've only like barely read this article, but, um, there was a, a study by, um, in fact, let me bring it up here, uh, by somebody at the, at Loyola University in Chicago mm. who ran a, um, let me bring it up here. Uh, yeah, um, Wong Win, currently studying applied statistics at Loyola University Chicago, was asked by ABC Sports—that is, the Australian Broadcasting uh, Company—to statistically predict the next Brownlow winner of Australian Rules football. Don't know anything about the sport, neither did he. <laughs> um, and I believe, I believe, I, like I said, I just, I just kind of uh, uh, did this, but I think he picked. I think he got it right. Wow. Um, just just running stati- just running st- uh, uh, statistical analysis and stuff like that <laughs> so maybe the people who talk about and, and mind you i don't think the, the umpires have any access to the statistics i think mm-hmm. they just sort of as they're coming off the field they put it into an envelope and then it goes down to uh, a mayonnaise jar and funk and Wagnalls porch um but um um the, uh, again i'm i'm Probably only people above a certain age will get that, but um, the but but oh, a guy who has the sort of just presence that he has in the midfield will 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 take that and 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 you know he doesn't then you know he's a he's a well known player he doesn't mm-hmm. pop like a danger field or a gone or mm-hmm. uh, or some of these other guys, but he's consistent and all you have to do is is show up and be consistently one of the best players. You don't have to earn three votes every, every game, but you know, when you, when you get 36 out of a possible 66 votes and you tie a record, you're doing something right. (laughs) Either that or you're running in front of the umpires a lot going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) the crazy thing about it is, is i watched the cow and and I've, i actually even listened to a few people talk about it is that ollie wines was one of those after round three he became the kind of quickly well-known kind of favorite slash dark horse he was he was the guy a lot of people were like first three games <laughs> he averages like 32 disposals gets a goal in like two of the games and has like eight or twelve uh, score involvements, and like he he became he became kind of the hot take early in the season. But I, I think the most memorable thing for me in the count was is how Darcy Parish and Sam Walsh kind of came out of nowhere um, during the middle rounds. Like they, I think people knew they would pull. People mm. would not expect Darcy Parish to pull as well as he did. Sam Walsh at one time. There was almost this weird kind of gasp amongst the crowd when Sam Walsh, at one time with three rounds to go, was tied with Marcus bond and, and everybody was like, "Whoa, not expecting this!" Like mm-hmm. they they had their little predictor, and Walsh was getting three votes in games they were not predicting. So it was very fascinating to watch that happen where i agree i think if sam walsh continues the way he's going i think he's going to win a brown because he just makes impact plays but i mean ollie wines was the most consistent out of this whole year i think clayton oliver's biggest issue was christian Petracca. that mm-hmm. was his mm-hmm. that was his problem and the other and i don't know if you yeah, brian have you actually watched the coverage of this of the brown of the Brownlow?
1: i have in the past yes okay. i didn't i didn't watch it this year because i i kind of lost track of my days because you know (laughs) that's how life is these days and i I was like oh i
2: i I understand no but if you get a chance watch the covers because it's hilarious watching the melbourne guys because there's one game i think it's around 20 or 21 where gone gets the three votes and you can see everybody in the table look at Gonnie go Gonnie, really like there was a there's a joking atmosphere to it that i think is hilarious about it and like you see you, you the um the, the constant going back of jack rewalt like if you watch it watch jack rewalt's reaction because he's on a zoom all by himself and it's absolutely yeah. gold so I, I actually got a kick out of the brown low because it's like it's like combo the emmys with the fashion show at the start when they show all the partners of the players and the players and different things like that and then you kind of have the the kind of lottery-ish style draft night so it's really really this interesting combination thing so if you get a chance to watch it, hmm. it it's definitely worth it because the count gets gold in fact there's actually a mess up that in the round where the western bulldogs and the demons play the second time I think it's round 20 the the director messes up and starts to go to round 21 and you literally hear Gil go um we have one more game left and it's kind of important western bulldogs v melbourne and everybody in the play starts cracking up because they know this game is huge because this these points here could go to oliver to tempelli to Petraka. so it was just kind of this really funny moment that gill's kind of like yeah melbourne v western bulldogs and then he reads off the votes so you get a chance watch it, it it's it's definitely worth the entertainment value it you, really is Like tv's up a... a bitch yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's funny because i feel like the only people that know are the are basically the producers because i that's the only we the only way they can get those stats up in time because otherwise like you're you're pushing buttons and listen. I've done that because for for the Hawks here in Philadelphia, the last two seasons that we've had, we have had um, what they what they'll do when they determine who wins our version of the uh, you know our our team Brownlow, uh, which is the um, <clears throat> the Andrew Lockhead medal, which looks like the Brownlow. I'll have to send you a picture of it. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we every people every before every game everybody says okay write down your five best players and then what would happen is is that somebody would read them out and i would update it on a spreadsheet and i would have it like projected on the big screen in the bar so i don't know how they do that unless they unless they know and they just like hit and i've told them like I I think it would be better if I did that because I could do it on a well, we don't want anybody to know who's who wins, not even you. And I'm just like, uh, okay, sure. But, you know, my fingers hurt. Um, But uh, (laughs) but but um, he has a point, Uh, Donnie, Donnie brings up a point in where Petraka had players who were ganking votes. Uh Wines didn't really have that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Boak
2: he, was the only Boak was the only one, but Boak, Boak wasn't polling as well no. in some of the games. So I think that's no. really because they they said that he set a record for I think he pulled in like 18 out of 22 games, which is like a record. Like most people, you'll pull 15, 14, 13, but 18 games that's a lot to pull. Even if you're getting one point, that's a point that. But, Several games for your opponents—they're not polling at all.
1: By the mm. way, just to put a bow on the story with the with the gentleman, the mathematician from Loyola Chicago, who, mm. who wrote this pro—he wrote this program. And by the way, the the funny thing was is is he had taken some some data from I think said like the last five or ten, and he goes, "This must be a midfielder's award." Um, no, no, no crap. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I'm bringing it up here. I think he may have managed to to uh, in fact. Uh, I think he did. Um, He uh, did the top three. Yeah, he managed to uh, predict the top three correctly. Um, He ran the simulation through the computer 10,000 times and had um, wines at 35, winning 35%, Bontempelli winning uh, twenty, sorry, twenty three percent, and Oliver w- uh, with just under, just under him, also twenty three percent. He had Steele at uh, sixteen point four percent. The average number of votes that he had was way off uh, for wines. He had him getting an average of twenty seven votes, whereas he ultimately got thirty six. Um, so. There is something to be said, I guess, for this being a very formulaic process uh, when you have uh, mathematicians who know zero about the sport uh, <laughs> writing programs and, and being able to, to predict that with the sort of alacrity that, uh, that they are. But um, that's enough nerdiness for one show. <laughs>
0: well, we all know it. the NFL, the MVP is a quarterback's award unless something crazy happens afl midfielders probably going to get in unless something crazy happens i'm still waiting for the day that the world can freeze over once we see a wide receiver win the mvp in the nfl the same year that some of the afl a ruckman wins the Brownlow. i think that would be a fantastic way to kick off the kickstart the apocalypse what do you think
1: yeah i think um I, I, I think I think uh, you might want to uh, you know that that'll be uh, right up there with uh, you know Cubs winning the World Series that sort of thing. Hey, how about then. this? Cubs winning back to back World Series. Yeah. <laughs> something something like that. The, oh. old, the old the old the old joke about uh, a guy from Boston dies and he goes to to purgatory and the devil the devil tortures him by saying uh, you know. Uh, cranks it up. is like, oh, we're going to crank it up to 100 degrees. Ah, no, that's nothing. That's Boston in August. Uh, going to crank it up to 150 degrees. Ah, this, this, this is just Boston in July. <laughs> then he goes down the other direction and cranks it down to like 400 below zero. And the guy gets excited. Why are you celebrating? It's cold. It's it's really cold here. Oh, that means the Red Sox have won the World Series. <laughs> My delivery wasn't very good on that, but you get the chest. Oh, it's oh, <laughs> oh, man, that's good. <laughs> are you re- are you regret? Are you regretting asking me on now, Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man! I just, I no, I
0: feel bad for anyone that's asking you to commentate the cricket. This is what you bring to the airs. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm just oh, that's good stuff. But I think that's just about to go and do it for a, a AFL Grand Final preview here. Just before we get to the outro here, I have to bring up. I pointed this out um, after the preliminary finals, and I think this might be one of the greatest things I, I i knew when this happened it happened i can't remember maybe close around 13 or 14 when uh when, when this dropped but um a while ago let's see um see this is what happens when we do things live i i lose it uh here we go um a while ago we had good old heath shaw talking about the grand Finals and he said quote i don't think either of these teams in reference to melbourne or the doggies will play off in the grand final. And so I just want to thank him for being a reverse prophet because that man, he's so good at not knowing what he's talking about. He knows exactly what he's talking about. As soon as he said that, I should have put all my money on this.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that's just a tough look there. But final thing before we get into a special plug here from, from Brian, just final thoughts on the grand final and what we could expect on Saturday.
1: Go, Donnie.
2: Oh boy, I, I think it's going to be a competitive, hard-nosed, physical game that I think is going to—it's going to come down to efficiency in front of goal. I think whatever team can be more efficient in front of goal, I think is going to be the team that's going to cl- hoist the cup at the end of the night.
1: Mm. I am half tempted to turn down the broadcast and listen to what is going to be Dennis Cometti's last ever game. He has said mm-hmm. for sure he was he he retired after the 2016 season. Um, has been doing part time work calling games in Perth for six PR. Uh, he is coming out of retirement. Uh, basic but basically has said that this is going to be his last game ever, and then he's going he's 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 done um so i am tempted to turn down the radio and uh and and try and sync up the tv and listen to dennis call one last game um i think whatever happens it's going to be a memorable game um hopefully it's a memorable game for the demons fans many of whom uh, you know, um, um, there are Demons fans. I, I always think about this, and I have to share this story because it's about as old. You know, a couple of years ago, my dad, who's a huge Eagles fan, as uh, you know, I'm, he's a bigger Eagles fan than I am, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he tells a story of the last time the Eagles won a championship was uh, the day after Christmas in 1960, and the game was blacked out in Philadelphia because in those days uh, the, the, the games were always blacked out, even mm-hmm. if they were a sellout so my dad who was 12 at the time sitting on the floor of my grandparents house in south philadelphia on that cold linoleum floor with the radio listening to bill campbell call the game on radio and he said that that was the last time that the eagles won a championship and here here we are today so think of like how many people just as there were bulldogs fans you know five years ago uh think of how many of those fans might get a chance to see their team finally win one after so long it's a great story uh so i would love to see it i think that the bulldogs would be a deserving champion considering how their season has gone but uh it would be really cool if the demons ended up breaking the schneid
0: mm-hmm. that would be some awesome stuff there i think my my final just thoughts on the grandfather is that the real winner here is going to be uh where well, team puts up the most uh points in this one so bold prediction i know I great know. job booger <laughs> oh man that's at least he's not monday night football anymore because uh oh that was so bad um it could, I, could I, be I, worse could
1: have been could have been sergio dip worse oh my.
0: having the time of his life isn't he
1: mm-hmm. oh Perfect. man at
0: least um i mean i'd rather have those two in the booth than uh, than
1: Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. At this point, listen. I watched Joe Buck hey, host host Jeopardy. And Why let me tell did you, you watch that? Because listen, I watched. No, when Jeopardy, it's on mute. Watch on mute. No, I I watch I, I I I watch religiously. I mean, that is how I met my wife. Was trying out for that show. Yes,
0: I mean, fantastic story. I mean, uh, I think yeah. I saw it on Twitter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've mentioned it a couple of times, but but um, but but, but you know, he was on um. Matt Amodio is the is the current champion he's won uh, 24 games 24 25 games in a row yeah. and um, he spent the entire game like fawning over him like the entire time like oh you're doing he's doing such a great job I'm like this is this is one of those times where I wish you weren't very excited about you know go back to your <laughs> monotonic you know but 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 anyway yeah so um yeah I'm 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 with you <laughs> oh
0: man but ladies and gentlemen we cannot wait. Obviously, we're all very excited for the Grand Final taking place at Optus, and it's going to be a blast. We I, we know all you're excited for this one, too, and we can't wait to see you over on our stream uh, when the game, a little before the game kicks off there. Um, of course, at switch.tv, 4th and Long Radio. Unfortunately, I, I, do, uh, I just realized this over the weekend. I do have some bad news about that one. Unfortunately, I won't be able to stream. We won't be able to stream the entire game, not because of you guys, but it's because I am uh, flying out that morning to Denver for the weekend to uh, go to the Broncos game. And um, I'll be watching the game, won't be able to live stream the full time. So I I know, bad news there. But nonetheless, we'll still at least get the easy half in there. Uh, um, and it's going to be a blast for that shorter period of time. So we really hope to see you guys there. I mean, Donnie, fantastic list. I hope we actually get some good YouTube comments out of that, and maybe some stuff on the socials once I do post uh, that. So of course, you can follow us at Fourth Long Radio on Twitter or on Instagram at Fourth and Long Radio, or you can stay up to date with everything Fourth and Long just by going to the Fourth um, and Long dot for in for the AFL specifically. It's the Fourth and slash AFL, but. I know we had some important stuff that we need to talk about, Brian. So go ahead. Floor is yours. Of of course, Twitter at USAFL nineteen ninety seven or uh, what was it is it just bearish USAFL for your personal? Yes,
1: that's it. Very good. Oh, look at, look, look at remember. you remember. I got look the at You remember stuff. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> you're you're younger. You you can remember this this nonsense. Um, yeah. Um, just really quickly. Um, of course, the end of the USAFL season is nigh and um we've got the national championships which are going to be oh excuse me which are going to be held in austin texas the weekend of october 16th and 17th we are finalizing our streaming plans at the moment uh and if you follow the um the handles that uh ross has just dropped uh you of can of course we'll um... all be linked
0: because i know not everyone can remember like like, I'm just, I'm the genius, what can I
1: say? But well, I mean, if you follow, first... I mean, if you give us a follow, you don't have to remember it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, um, it will be, um, we normally, under normal circumstances, we have 40 teams and 1,000 players coming from around the country uh, those numbers are going to be slightly smaller this year for obvious reasons uh there, there's a couple of reasons behind that uh which uh, one of them will be obvious some others which we won't get into here at the moment um but uh, we are expecting uh which should be a great tournament uh we are hopefully as well going to be having uh the plan is we're going to be <coughs> excuse me having a live uh, uh, our, w- w- I'm going to change the name of it. I was g- calling it the Seeding Spectacular, and I- I've come to learn that that name is kind of weird. So we're going to come <laughs> up with something new. Um, it, well, it, you can't really call it a selection show because the teams have already been selected. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come up with we'll come up with something uh, uh, for for this year. But um, yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. We're going to have um, uh, I'll be there commentating. This will be my <clears throat> seventh year commentating in my sport. 13th, 13th, Nationals, I think, as a player and a and a commentator. And Donnie's been to a few of these. He unfortunately won't be uh, coming this year, but uh, you know, Donnie uh, and I, uh, we like we said, we had called a couple of games. We we got a chance to call a game uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, it, it's a great event. And uh, hopefully, you know, if you're in the Austin area, if you're listening down there, by all means, come out and support this tournament. Just be safe about it, and uh, you know, uh, should be should be a fun weekend.
2: And, and, and I'll hop in here, too. I know this isn't completely connected to this year, but to, to any Australians that are listening to this, um, in future years, granted when COVID is, is no longer an issue that it is, and you guys can get over here, the, the USAFL Nationals Tournament is one that I encourage a lot of Australians to come to because I think it is the purest footy tournament that you can find outside of Australia because it is two days of nothing but footy. There are five fields, most of the five (laughs) fields going on at one time. You have a bunch of footy headed Americans that are all running around we're eating Aussie pies, we're drinking beer, we're enjoying the games, we're calling games. We're... And it is so much fun because it just, you kind of immerse yourself in footy for two full days. It is absolutely a blast. So if you ever get a chance again, COVID granted, that you, you can. <laughs> this is the one thing I tell everybody to go to is, is the USAFL Nationals is the tournament you want to go to because it is just an absolute blast.
1: And I've had people um, even, you know, we've had, special guests, uh, we've had umpires, uh, we've had Ray Chamberlain, we've had Shane McInerney, we've had uh, a couple of others we've had people, Kevin Sheedy going back many years Bomber Thompson um, You know, we've had Dermot Brereton come over um, we've had people who have expressed, you know, Aaron Phillips uh, most recently, Sarah, I mentioned Sarah um, Perkins, um, we've had her come over, uh, Catherine Smith, uh, who now plays for GWS in AFLW, we've had a lot of uh, you know, Aussies, people who have grown up with the sport, uh, who have come over here, they've, they've, they've said it's almost like a pilgrimage. Um, it's, it's, it is very much pure. And and, and the thing to remember, and, and you know, those of you who are listening in Australia who aren't terribly familiar with, uh, with, with the league, remember that 75% of the people who play in, in the USAFL are American. This isn't a bunch of home, homesick expats who are, you know, trying to keep the flame alive. Um, this is a sustainable competition. And um, it's, it's cool whenever I, you know, um, a friend of mine through uh, a number of the podcast uh, circuits, uh, Andy, um, had come over uh, from Melbourne and uh, was kind enough to actually help us out uh, doing the score bug on the broadcast. But he was even saying, like, you know, I felt simultaneously like I wasn't at home, but yet was at home, I, mm. you know, we don't have anything. He said, you know, I've never seen anything like this at home, but at the same time, you know, there was a guy who was sitting in, in one of those captain's chairs, one of those foldings chairs, and it had a cardboard sign on the back that said MCG members only. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so, so, um, uh, it was, um, it's 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 full of uh, spectacle, um, and I'll say this as well. Um, if if anybody ever gets a chance to come out there, and 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 uh, you know, if you're an American who who's always wanted to be involved, um, what's great about it is that many of the friendships that I've made in the game, I've you know, I've met a lot of wonderful people since I become media manager, but before that, um, just mingling with everybody and you know, you only during the season, you know, you only play a couple of teams a year, you know, <clears throat> growing up, you know, playing here in Philadelphia, you know, you play New York twice or three times a year. You play mm-hmm. DC twice or three times a year. You need to play Boston once or twice. And I love those guys, but, you know, going to the same place and getting to meet people from, from the West coast, from down in Texas, um, uh, Sonya Lavelle, who helps me out on social media, just one one day in 2013 like on the Saturday or the Sunday uh, they had had these really nice uh, she uh, and her husband were ran the Houston Lone Stars for several years and um, they had uh, they had these really sweet looking Houston Lone Stars hat and I just kind of said in passing as I was pointing at I was like I I would love one of those and I wasn't expecting anything I was just like I love those hats I would cool if i had one of those and i just kind of walked off mm-hmm. well sonia found me either the next night or the or or that night i forget whether it was saturday or sunday and like at the after party and handed me a hat like <sighs> didn't know my name didn't know what team i played for literally just like saw it like bumped into me and like pulled a hat out of her out of her purse and went here and um so that's the sort of um that's that's really i guess the sort of atmosphere it is it's it you know winning a national championship is is fun um i never won one i I, I, in fact the the one time that when i was playing the team went to the grand final i was on the bench the entire time um i got to call my team winning a grand final in 2018 and they handed me a medal um they said if merrill reese gets a super bowl ring you get you get a championship medal um so uh, but it's it's such a fun event so um if, if you're enjoying it and, and if you're based in australia if anything just tune in and watch it um it's it's fun it's a great competition and yeah
0: <laughs> and of course you can find all this stuff and even your local team because there's a lot of them and chances are that there is one so at least somewhat close to you you can go on over to usafl.com and find everything there for yourself if need be but gentlemen it's about that time brian thank you very much for joining us it was a it was a pleasure i always love the mix of history um that's very that that's it's a mix of, mix of history that's really good stuff that we're talking about also the most obscure stuff you might ever um be able to hear about so i i you have range sir that, that's all i have to say about that
1: i've got i've got something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I right now range range is probably the best thing i have um but uh um, no i i appreciate it and thanks for letting me come on and nerd out uh, a little bit
0: hey that's what we're here for and donnie as always thanks for bringing the heat with your not only the the team of the rounds but the all australian as well uh oh man are we excited for the stream
2: um, I'm excited for the stream. I'm a little, a little sad that it won't be the entire game, but it might, actually, it might actually let me relax a tiny bit when it comes to it. But okay. it, it's been an I'm awesome. I to
0: everyone, but you know, no.
2: it is not a problem. But <laughs> but the other thing is, real quick, I'll, I'll do my plug here. Yes. Uh, keep an eye, keep an eye out on the channel. I am slowly starting to do. I am going to do another fan series okay. over the off season this year. This year, I'm going to interview Australian whether they're australians here in the states or over in the over back in australia i cannot wait for this this is going to be super exciting hopefully this year i actually get a gold coast fan we'll have to see (laughs) and um and the best part is is that aflw will get started here soon so keep an eye on for the aflw round reviews and who knows maybe we'll see brian hop on and review an aflw round with me again um, this next season So keep an eye on, on For the Donnie's disposals The the fan series And the AFLW reviews Over the off seasons Won't be too far away
0: No we are not but After this Ladies and gentlemen Enjoy the hell out of the grand final Enjoy your Whether it be your Your meat pies Your snags Or whatever else You might be enjoying on this uh, Maybe just go ahead And go crazy Have a whole jar of Vegemite I don't know You do you I, I know I probably heard That's not a good recommendation But no
2: a little excessive a little excessive
0: Uh, and then also just keep an eye out of course next week we'll be giving you our full grand final and um, finals breakdown then the week after that we will be doing our season in review so go ahead if you haven't subscribed already go ahead and hit that subscribe button and follow us Um, you can also um, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts from but gentlemen please and brian i mean if you want to stop by the stream I mean, of course the invitation's always there um no I, pressure I go, no pressure i
1: will i'm sure i will pop in at some point in between um why li- in between live tweeting uh, uh the game because i'm hoping that you know the game's going to be on fox sports 2 this year so hopefully uh uh, we'll get uh, we'll get a pretty decent crowd i don't think it's going to be like last march where i was literally like i i felt like i was literally drowning in tweets you it were was pretty... a celebrity
0: you were 100 percent celebrity that for, for at least a day
1: <laughs> no but it wasn't it wasn't me it wasn't my account it was the usafl account i guess we were sort of the account and then but but the people i guess in australia that were kind of picking it up in addition to the americans that were picking it up it was almost like Everybody was discovering that we existed. It didn't matter whether you were Australian or American. It was pretty neat
0: hey,
1: <laughs> for a minute. I, I, Fingers I have crossed to that
2: you
0: it get it same results this year too. That'd be and awesome. I have to,
2: and I have to admit at that time I was I was mostly doing the roosters account. I, I can't tell you how many how many connections to australia we got that night as well too so it's kind of it's one of those it's a really good recruiting night if you can do it correctly so
1: he was i'll tell you what donnie donnie was keeping pace with me pretty well because he was like it was almost like a race like who's going to get to this random person tweeting is it going to be donnie <laughs> or is it me and yeah. finally and finally i was like donnie this is great how would you like to do this for the league account? <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. and I have and, and the sad part about it is is this year is, is I didn't get a chance to talk with Brian as much this year to do it to run to go through the account and, it, and it's been kind of just kind of a hectic year this year with trying to run the roosters account trying to do my own account too So
1: it's, it's always been kind of fun but I, I think well, <laughs> well welcome, to, welcome to my life from like 2014 to like three years ago when I was still running the Hawks accounts too
2: yeah, one, 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 time, one time I should just tell him, it's like, hey, I'm always going to be up for the Sydney game. So if you want me to tweet, if you want me to use the USAFL account when the Sydney game is on, I'm more than willing to do that because you know I'm going to be up. so Sometimes
0: yeah. I'll catch Donnie. <laughs> I'll, I'll see a tweet from the Roosters account. like, oh, that seems like one probably from the Donnie account itself.
2: <laughs> I've had to delete a few. I caught that. In fact, actually, I think Peter Holden one time, I don't know. Brian, did you see the one time I accidentally tweeted – about a Roosters game on the USAFL account because it was on my phone, trying to do something really quickly. Didn't even pay attention, sent out a tweet that was supposed to be from the Roosters account and went on the USAFL account.
1: Yeah, I did.
2: Peter caught it and went, um, not sure if this is supposed to be from this account. And went, crap, and so I deleted it.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> like, okay. Oh. I, um... That, that's okay i've I've unfortunately done things that were meant for my personal account on that account too it's like somebody was commenting about a surgery that they had and i accidentally commented or i liked it from the usafl account and i went i should probably not do that
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've had too many times on my instagram i'm trying to post onto onto my show's account and i accidentally posted my personal account it's 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 a big mess and we love deleting everything but uh, we digress we've we've tried this i think we've, we've dragged this outro out long enough ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening all the way to the end if you have if you have i commend you you deserve a brownlow low of your own
1: or <laughs> so, or or at least or at least a a full-blooded a, a, a aussie beer of your choice it, at the least
0: enjoy the hell of the grand final we hope to see you in the stream and ladies and gentlemen Just enjoy the coup de grace of the 2021 Australian football season.